0: 68 stand with me 668 well, I sure I'm glad God gave us music aren't yeah. You? Yeah. amen 668 I'm happy amen happy yeah. am in
1: mind if you're not
0: maybe you will be before you leave
1: Giving us smile. smile every month, happy every month.
0: All right, we made it up to 70% of people there. Ready, one more?
1: Giving us smile
0: every month, happy every And this time, this time we're not going to say
1: smile, we're just going to do it.
0: Giving us every month.
1: I told you that. Amen. Verse 2. Happy. Hey,
0: If you're politically minded and you enjoy looking at all that and everything, you know it's pretty morbid out there. But when you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, there ought to be nothing that can steal your joy and your smile. Amen? Why? He planned it all. Amen. Let's sing it. 237. <laughs> song, amen, seven words, 11 times, you know. So let's do 220. No one ever cared for me like Jesus.
1: I would love to tell you.
0: Stays with us and guides us, amen. amen. Protects us, amen. amen. Gives us that peace that passes all understanding, yeah, amen. Just let the Lord minister amen. to you tonight, amen. As the Word of God is preached, I have no idea what Brother Mark has for us, but I know it'll be from the Lord. So, Brother, you come ahead this time, amen. We're not on any program, folks. We just follow the Lord, amen, amen. amen. If you don't get enough tonight, why come back tomorrow? Night. We'll have more, amen. amen. amen.
2: <laughs>
3: amen take your bibles if you will turn to the book of deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 12 amen. get that on John get that on now okay it's been good to be here amen. Amen. On amen Monday evening get around God's people amen God's good. songs and God's word. Amen. Amen. And uh, just get help. Yes, sir. Amen. And everybody in this building needs help. Yes, Amen. sir. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Oh, yeah. and, uh, as soon as you think you don't need it, that's when you need it the most. Amen. Yes, and so, but He's got the help for us. Amen. It isn't good to know that we serve a God that can meet. Whatever need you have in your life,
0: yes,
3: Jesus is the answer. Amen. He is the answer. Amen. If you're here tonight you're not saved, you say, what does that mean? That means you don't know that heaven is your home. You've never trusted Christ as your Savior. And uh, come to him as a sinner and accept what he did for you on the cross. Listen, you don't have to leave the same way you came. Amen. Amen. You can be born again tonight. Have new life in Christ. You can be a new creature. And the old things pass away and all things become new. You can be made spiritually alive. And you're physically alive. That means you have a connection to this physical world. You understand the physical realm because you're in it. But spiritually, if if you're unsaved, you're dead spiritually. You have no connection with the spiritual realm. And yet, that is the connection that you most need. Amen. And um, that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm glad for whosoever will gospel. Amen. So what does that mean? That means anybody can be saved. Amen. 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 You don't have to have a certain education level or financial level. Uh, you don't have to be a certain race or gender. Uh, God's uh, son came. Uh, to save sinners. And if you're a sinner, you qualify. And guess what? You're a sinner. Amen. 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 And so, I'm thankful for that. Amen? Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 12. We'll look at something tonight, and it's probably going to be a longer introduction and a shorter message. Um, You say, what does that mean? I have no idea. (laughs) We're going to take a few minutes to kind of uh, uh, set this up, and hopefully it'll be something that'll be a help to you. Stand with me, if you're able, we'll read our text, uh, beginning verse number one. We're going to find a peculiar phrase in this passage, and then this phrase is going to be repeated over 20 times throughout the rest of the book of Deuteronomy. And so I want us to look at it tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 1, we'll read down through verse uh, 2, uh, through verse 7. The Bible says, these are the statutes and judgments which ye shall observe to do in the land. We looked at that statement in Sunday school, observe to do yesterday, but there's another one here I want us to see. Which the Lord God of your fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that ye live upon the earth, ye shall utterly destroy all the places, wherein the nations which ye shall possess serve their gods, upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree, and ye shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire, and ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. Ye shall not do so unto the Lord your God, but unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come, and thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifices and your tithes and your uh, heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your free will offerings and the firstlings of your herds, and of your flocks, and there ye shall even eat, or ye shall eat before the Lord your God, and ye shall rejoice in all that ye put your hand unto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. I want to think about this uh, and preach a little bit about this place that's mentioned in verse number five, the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put His name there. I want us to look at this place that God chose for Israel Amen. and get some instruction from it tonight. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for your blessings on us this day. Thank you, Lord, for uh, just the good time we've had already. Lord, it is good to be Amen. in your house gathered with your people on a Monday evening, dear God. Amen. And, Lord, uh, it's such a blessing, encouragement uh, to see folks out. Uh, but, Lord, it's such a blessing to know that when we're opening this book, that we are not reading the words of men. We are reading your words right before us, preserved for us. And Lord, thank you that uh, tonight as we look into an Old Testament book that was written to the nation of Israel specifically, we still understand that we, we can profit from this and learn, and it will help us, Lord, to draw closer to you. Father, I pray that that's exactly what will happen as a result of our time tonight. Lord, that each and every heart, each and every individual would be drawn closer to you. God, that we'd have a greater understanding of you, of your word, Amen. and of ourselves, Lord, where we stand with you. Amen. God, I pray that you would get glory to your name tonight. Amen. And God, that uh, Christ would be exalted. We pray for sinners to be saved, and saints to be revived. Amen. God, we pray that you would help us in these last days. To shine as bright lights in a dark world, Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all that you do. Give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you Amen. for standing. You may be seated. From the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation, God has always designed a uh, or designated a specific place to meet. With man, uh, when he created man, he placed him in a garden, and uh, the purpose, really, of that garden and the purpose of that place was uh, so it could be a place for God to fellowship with man. Yes. And, uh, and 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 the the purpose of walking in the cool of the evening to 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 talk and and fellowship with Adam and Eve it really signifies to us the great desire of God to have fellowship with Amen. us. Amen. And uh, and and to do that, to facilitate that all through history, from the very beginning all the way even until now, God has set aside a place, special places to meet with his people. Amen. Yeah. It was no different for the children of Israel. They had left Egyptian bondage, uh, God had delivered them, and he said, I brought you out that I might bring you into the land of promise. This, this land of promise was a place that he had set aside uh, for his people, for them to live for him and walk after his law and have fellowship with him. But here in, in Deuteronomy chapter 12, the Lord uh, introduces to his people Uh, that this idea that he's going to choose a specific place within that land, Um, that he's going to set his name there. I want you to think with me just for a moment, and I want you to, in your mind, I want you to register a place, a place in Israel. I don't want you to, don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it because I want you to listen to the message. But just in your mind, he's speaking about a place. Now, let me just tell you this. He's not just talking about the tabernacle. Right. Amen. He's talking about the place where he was going to have them put the tabernacle. There was a specific place inside the land of Canaan that God was going to set his name there. Right. Right. And there's going to be something that he's going to repeat over and over throughout uh, the, the, uh, the book of Deuteronomy. You see it down in verse number 11 here. We're in chapter 12. He said, there. Uh, then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose. Look at verse 14. But in the place which the Lord shall choose. Look at verse 18. Uh, But thou must eat them uh, before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. The end of verse 26. The place which the Lord shall choose. And it just goes on and on. It jumps over to chapter 14. and verse 23, he said, Thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God In the place which he shall choose. Verse 24, he says again, the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. And goes on and on throughout the rest of this book. He's talking about this place, this special place that was going to be set aside. It was going to be the place where, number one, God would set his name there. He would choose to set his name there. And then it was going to be the place where they would have the tabernacle, where they'd bring all the offerings. Sure. And uh, and all the all the, the, the feasts. And it was going to be not just the, the place where the religious uh, activity of Israel took place, but it would be the headquarters of the nation. Yeah. Everything really re- was going to revolve around that place. And so... I, you know, as, as I, I was studying in the book of Deuteronomy, just thinking about this some time back, I wonder when, when Moses gave these words to the people, if they were listening, because it's hard to get the people to listen, amen? If they were listening, I wondered if they started thinking, I wonder what this place is going to be, where this place is going to be. Now, they knew that there, there's, how many tw- uh, tribes of, of Israel? Twelve. How many? Twelve tribes. Each of those tribes was going to have an inheritance within the land of promise. Is that right? Amen. So there's 12 tribes, but there's only going to be one place. Right. And I can imagine, you know, the leaders of these tribes and the families of these tribes thinking, "Boy, I wonder if it's going to be in our in our possession. Yeah. It's going to be in our inheritance that this place, this special place that God's going to set aside, if it's going to be in our area. And so... All through their wilderness wanderings, they are not given the location of this place. As a matter of fact, in, uh, look, look in Joshua chapter 9. You all are getting ready to dig into this book a little bit more, I hear. It's a great book. In Joshua chapter 9, they have been in the land for quite some time already. But look in verse 27. Joshua 9, 27, it says, And Joshua made them that day hewers of wood, speaking about the Gibeonites, hewers of wood and drawers of water for the congregation and for the altar of the Lord, even unto this day in the place which he should choose. So they're in the land of promise. They have been in the land of promise for some time. They still don't know where this place is. They have a temporary headquarters in Gilgal, but they know it's temporary right. because God has not told them, this is the place where I'm going to set my name. They don't know where this place is. Right. Yeah. Now, you, you might think, well, it doesn't really matter. wherever. I mean, wherever the tabernacle was, that's the place. No, the place is the place that God chooses. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. You know why? Because... There, the. In one way, you could say the place doesn't matter, and I guess you're right about that. But you could also say the tabernacle doesn't matter.
2: Yeah.
3: Outside of God, none of it matters. Yeah. Right, right? That's right? But because God has chosen the tabernacle, and now he's going to choose a place to put in that tabernacle, it matters immensely that's right. where this place is. Right. They can't just set it up anywhere they want to and say, well, that's good enough. But a lot of what happens today under the guise of Christianity and church is just man's ideas, man's wisdom, and if this is good enough, God, bless it. Very little is going into knowing God's will on the situation and making sure you're doing it God's way. Sad to say in Laodicea, very little of that happening. So they couldn't just send it anywhere they wanted to. There was a specific place that God was going to choose. Now, I'll show you the place. Okay? All this build up. You're wondering what the place is. Go to Joshua chapter 18. Joshua chapter 18. When I show you the place, I want you to, you don't have to tell me because it really doesn't matter, but I want you to see if you got it right. Joshua 18, verse 1. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh. Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there, and the land was subdued before them. You say, preacher, was it Shiloh? It was Shiloh. You so say, how do you know this doesn't say for sure? Well, in Jeremiah chapter 7, we're going to turn there later on, and so you can see it for yourself, but right now I just want to give you this. In Jeremiah 7 verse 12, this statement is made. God is speaking to Judah. He said, Shiloh, where I set my name That's right. at the first. That's right. So the place that God chose to set his name in the land of promise was Shiloh. Now, maybe that doesn't surprise you, but it surprised me. And I'll tell you why. Because when I think of Israel and I think of the, of the tabernacle, I think of the blessings of God and I think about the kings and I think about the history of Israel, I don't think about Shiloh. I think about Jerusalem or Hebron or a place like Shiloh. Listen, Shiloh has just kind of faded into history. It faded into insignificance. Come on, brother. You say, well, it wasn't just a temporary place. No, they had their headquarters in Shiloh for about 370 years. Come on. 370 years. Yeah. That's older than this country. Oh yeah, sure is. For 370 years, Shiloh was the central place of business, of government, of worship. Everything that happened in Israel flowed through Shiloh. And yet today, Shiloh is just a trendy name that you name your daughter. (laughs) Nobody knows about Shiloh. What happened that Shiloh, listen... What happened where Shiloh now loses its significance? It's no longer a part of the, of, the, uh, of, of the day-to-day leading of God. The presence of God is no longer there. What happened in Shiloh? When you read about Shiloh, let, let's just go to Jeremiah 41. This is the last mention of Shiloh in the Bible. Jeremiah 41 Jeremiah 41, if you know the story here, and I'll give you the quick rundown, Judah has been taken into captivity and uh, to Babylon, and the uh, Babylonians left a man by the name of Gedaliah in charge of the remnant that was left in Judah. He ends up being assassinated by a man by the name of Ishmael. Hmm. Ironic. And um, this whole story, I'm not going to explain the whole story. It doesn't really matter. But I want you to see this, what takes place during this story in connection to Shiloh. This is the last mention of Shiloh in the scripture. Jeremiah 41, verse number 5. That there came certain from Shechem, from Shiloh, and from Samaria, even fourscore men, having their beards shaven and their clothes rent, and having cut themselves with offerings and incense in their hand to bring them to the house of the Lord. Huh. The last mention of Shiloh, you say, why is this significant? Well, what you're reading about here, these men are religious, but they are, they're practicing pagan yeah. practices. Yeah. They're going to the house of the Lord. They don't know that the house of the Lord has been uh, overrun destroyed. They're on their way to the house of the Lord. They've shaved their beards. Yep. I'm not talking about us. They shouldn't <laughs> shave their beards. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's against the law. Did you know that? Round in the quarters of, your, of the beard, that's against their law. That's right. That's right. Shaving was an Egyptian practice, not an Israelite practice. All I'm saying is what happened in Israel. Okay, no. No. breathe, everybody, breathe. <laughs> this was against their culture, against their law. They, they've got, they've got, they're, they're cutting themselves. Yep. You thought that was a new thing? No. No. It's an old thing, That's right. and it's connected to pagan, demonic worship. Amen. Yes, sir. They've cut themselves. And they're bringing offerings, but they're bringing it to the house of the Lord. So even though they have pagan practices, they're trying to mix pagan practices with the worship of the God of Israel. What a picture of apostasy. That's what, listen, that's what's happening in our days under the guise of church. Church. And anymore it doesn't matter whether Baptist is on the name or not. sadly Put any name you want to on there. There is so much paganism infiltrating the worship of God. You know what Catholicism is? It's pagan practices mixed with Bible Which is the definition of heresy. Heresy is not 100% error. It's truth mixed with error. And that, the last mention of Shiloh in the Bible is a, is a group of men who are pagan in practice but yet still have the shingle over the door that they worship God. Come on, brother. Uh-huh. What happened? Apostasy happened. Amen. 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 Yep. So for 370 years, they're worshiping God. The, the, the central part of Israel is in Shiloh. But God will will forsake Shiloh. He's going to forsake Shiloh. And I want us to look briefly tonight on three reasons why he did. You say, why is this this, uh, message, why is this uh, relevant for us? Because the same God who forsook Shiloh is the same God that we worship and serve. He is the same yesterday, today... And forever, Amen. He's God. He does not change. Amen. He's still holy. He's still righteous. He still has His word, and we are we are uh, to be in subjection to the word of God. Amen. And His presence is still the most important thing in the gathering of God's people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes, it is right. Yeah. Amen. If God forsakes. This place, it doesn't matter how many people you got inside the Amen. building. doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank. Right. It doesn't matter how much land you have or how many people are happy with you. If God forsakes this place, you're doomed. Amen. That's right, right brothers. Yes, yes, sir. Right. Amen. Now, look with me. I want to look at three passages here. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 4. If Shiloh sounds familiar to you, it probably has something to do with this story we're about to look at. 1 Samuel, believe it or not, starts with the history of a man named Samuel. That's deep. You drove all the way to church to hear that tonight, amen? Samuel's a young man. He is a, he an answer to prayer, a godly mother. And Hannah, his mother, who is barren, prays, God answers her prayer, gives her a child, and she had promised the Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him to you. Well, that, that's a good prayer right there, amen? It's a good commitment, and she stayed by it. She stood by her commitment. And so Samuel is there in Shiloh. Because that's where the tabernacle is. That's where Eli, who is the priest and also the judge yep. of Israel, uh, uh, lives there and, uh, and and works there and worships God there. So there's Eli. He has two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And then Samuel is there with them as well. Right. And um, the Bible says that Eli's sons were wicked before the Lord. Yes, sir. They were sons of Eli, but they were also sons of Belial. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where we get our phrase: "the little hellions." Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Little devil. Amen. I know none of our kids are like that, but. I will tell you this, if you let them get away with being little devils when they're little, they'll grow up to be big devils.
0: Amen.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> but in 1 Samuel uh, 2, look what it says here in verse 27. We're kind of jumping in the middle here. God has already sent his message to Eli, and he sent a message to Eli through Samuel. And it listen, it's sad when a young boy can hear the voice of God and, and a priest can't. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. But Eli has this warning given, he does not heed the warning. And now in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 27, the Bible says, And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father? When they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house. And did I choose him. Out of all the tribes of Israel. To be my priest. To offer upon mine altar. To burn incense. To wear an ephod before me. And did I give unto the house of thy father. All the offerings made by fire. Of the children of Israel. Wherefore. Kick ye at my sacrifice. And at my offering. Which I have commanded in my habitation. Look at this. And honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Listen, you know what Hophni and Phineas were doing? They were desecrating the offering of uh, the offerings that the, of God. The people were bringing, and they were taking what did not belong to them right. of the offerings. Also, they were laying with the women on the steps of the temple or the tabernacle. Yeah, right. They were vile and wicked. Amen. They didn't just make a mistake here and there. They were vile and wicked. Amen. Yeah, right, right. And Amen. God warned Eli. He said, listen, you better straighten out those boys. You know what Eli did? He went over and said, boys, don't do that.
1: Yeah. Stop. Yep.
3: Stop, don't do that. You know what the boys did? Kept right on doing it. They had no respect for their father. And I'll tell you why. Because he might have had a bark, but he had no bite. Amen. Amen, brothers. And they just railroaded over that old man. That old man, he was tired. And he was was, uh, uh, indulging himself. Yep, that's right. He was too fat and lazy to deal with his kids. Come on. And listen, one thing in this, in this Western culture, really in this world in which we live, it, we are too comfortable. Amen. And when we get so comfortable that we cannot do our job properly, we are going to pay the price. Amen, sir. Yeah, sir. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Eli had a responsibility to God. He had a responsibility to his sons. And look, I don't believe Eli wanted his sons to be doing evil. He did not want that. He didn't desire that. He was grieved because they were doing it, But he did not have the fortitude and the grace and the strength to tell his voice, you are not doing that here. Amen. Right. Amen, brother. That's right. That's right. Come on. Amen. Right. Uh-huh. The man of God told him, he said, you're honoring your sons above me. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Now Listen. When we do not take a stand, especially in our own homes, how can we expect the power of God and the fire of God and the presence of God to be among us when we do not take our responsibility seriously?
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen.
3: Amen. He so it's a terrible thing that God left Shiloh. Well, this is one of the reasons why. Eli honored his sons above God. Now, if you'd have asked Eli if he honored his sons above God, he'd have said no. Yeah. I don't honor my boys above God. I'm the priest of God. God means more to me than anything else. We can say that Come all on, day brother. long. Yes, Come on, sir. brother. Come on. But if God says one thing and the boys say another thing and you, and you go with what the boys say, you're honoring your sons yeah, above amen. God. Yeah. Oh well, preacher God understands. Oh he understands. He does understand. Come on, bro. Yeah. He doesn't agree. Yeah. Huh? That's right. <laughs> I'm saying the presence of God is to be valued. And God himself is to be valued and honored above all else. Yes
0: sir. Amen. Yes,
3: sir. God God forsook Shiloh because of family problems. Yes. Right. And it wasn't because families had problems. Every family <coughs> has problems. Right. Sure. Amen. Amen. Everyone, I, we've got problems in our family. Come on, bro. Most of yeah. the time, I'm the biggest one.
0: Yes, sir: Yes, sir.
3: Everybody's got problems in their family, but you better learn to deal with them. You better take a stand in your home, or you're going to lose that home and lose the presence of God.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. It's good
2: for
3: you. We want the presence of God. We want the power of God. We have to take our responsibilities seriously. Yes. He said, you honor your sons above me. You know, what's going to happen here. They're going to go into battle against the Philistines. And they're going to come up with this bright idea. After the first battle, the Philistines are going to beat them in chapter 4. And so Israel decides, you know, our problem was God wasn't with us. Now, you know what? That's exactly right. That's why they lost. Because they didn't have the presence of God. And so they, they, they uh, accurately deduce that they lost because they didn't have God's presence. But here's where they went wrong. They decided, oh, you know, this is how we're going to fix it. Let's go get the ark.
1: Yep. Come
3: on, brother. And if we take the ark into battle, I mean, we're going to win for sure. Come on. Now listen. You say, what's special about the ark? Well, the ark was a picture, a type, of the manifested presence of God. That's right. Remember, they're going through the wilderness before they get to Israel, or before they get to the land of Canaan, and they're going through the wilderness, and and God gives them all the the uh, instructions about the tabernacle, about the pieces of the tabernacle, the setup of the tabernacle, and when they get it all finished according to what God says, the presence of God fills that place. That's right. Remember, Moses can't stay in there and the priest can't stay in there because of the presence of God. Listen, you know what happens when you get filled with the presence of God? Flesh has to leave. Yeah, right. yeah. No man could stand before him and so it was just God in that tabernacle. And then they, as they journeyed, there was a pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud by day that rested over the tabernacle and in particular, right over top of that ark.
0: Yes, yeah.
3: And so when Israel thought of the ark of the covenant, they had in their mind, this is the presence of God. Yeah. Listen. Listen. You can have, we can have the right Bible. We can have the right mode of worship. We can have all the right things. And not have the presence of God. Yes, sir. You're right. Yes, sir. You say, well, how, man, how could that church just just how could it go under the way it did? How, how could our young people just leave and go to the world the way they are? We've got the truth. Come on, brother. I'll We've got you. the Bible. We've got these old hymns that we sing that are full of doctrine and blessing. We've got the fellowship of God's people. We've got the standard. We've got the convictions. We've got all of these things. Why are we losing? Because all of those things cannot make up for the presence of God being gone.
0: Amen.
3: See, the only hope for Hophni and Phineas was not Eli saying, Okay, boys, you can have your way. I just keep them happy. Maybe they'll stay around the, the tabernacle. That wasn't the hope for them. That's right. The only hope for those boys was God. The only hope for our young people is God. Right. The only hope for our families is God. The only hope for our churches is God. Amen. So they go and they get the tabernacle they get the, the uh the ark of the covenant. Uh, the tabernacle. They take it to the battle. And we've got the ark, and, and uh, there was a shout, man. They shouted. Look at verse number five of first Samuel four. I may not get through the whole message, but good, good. look at verse five. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout. Go ahead. So that the earth rang again. Yep. Listen, brother. They had a service. Yep. Come on. Come on. Yep, sir. I like shouting. Yep. I like I love it. Yes, sir. I love I think God deserves it. Amen. But shouting does not equal the presence of God. Amen. Amen. They brought the ark in there, and man, they got emboldened. Oh, hallelujah! We got the ark, man. We're gonna, we're gonna win today. We're gonna beat some Philistines today. Come on! We serve the one true God. They don't. come on! We got the ark. They don't. We've got the law. They don't. Well, guess what? They went into that battle. And and listen, when they shouted, the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, verse 6. Let's read it. When the Philistines heard the noise of the the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was coming to the camp. The Philistines have had some dealings with the ark of the Lord. None of them have been good. And so naturally, they're afraid. Verse 7, the Philistines were afraid... For they said, God is come into the camp. Guess what? Not only were the children of Israel wrong, the Philistines were wrong too. Yep. Yep. Come on, brother. See, the, 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 the children of Israel said, We've got the ark. That means we've got God. And the Philistines over here said, Man, they've got the ark. That means they've got God. But guess what? At the end of the day, it was not the Israelites shouting the victory. It was the Philistines. That's right. That's right. We all know the Philistines are no match for God. Is that right? right. right. Nobody's a match for God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Must be God wasn't with them. We know it wasn't. They're going to lose the ark that day. Verse 11 says the ark of God was taken and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas were slain. Look down to the uh, verse, verse 15. Now Eli was 98 years old. His eyes were dim that he could not see. Lack of, of uh Perception. And the man said unto Eli, I am he that came out of the army. I fled today out of the army. And he said, what is, uh, what is there done, my son? The messenger answered and said, Israel has fled before the Philistines. There hath been also a great slaughter among the people. Thy two sons also, Hophni and Phinehas, are dead. And the ark of God is taken. It came to pass when he made mention of the ark of God that he fell off the seat backward by the side of the gate and his neck broke and he died for he was an old man and heavy and he had judged Israel forty years. So on one day the ark is taken Hophni dies Phinehas dies Eli dies Now uh, the, the end of this verse tells us about Phinehas She was with child and uh and, and about the time of her death, verse 20 tells us she passed away in giving birth to this child. Verse 21 says, she named the child Ichabod, saying, glory. the glory is departed from Israel. Yeah. Because the ark of God was taken. Now listen. The glory had departed but it departed before the ark was gone.
0: That's right, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, it is, sir.
3: If they listen, I, we've we preach it I've heard it for years, we preach it for years, and I understand what people are saying when they when they say this. When they say your family is your first ministry, listen. He is your first ministry. Amen,
0: Amen. Yes, sir.
3: God is your first ministry? Yes, sir. Amen. When when God called those those priests, and He gave a little history lesson there to, to Eli, didn't He? Yeah, He did. About Him calling those priests. You know what He said? He said, "I set you apart to Me." And you read through Exodus over and over again. He says this: they, "I want to I want to set apart these priests that they may minister to Me." Minister to me. Listen, your first ministry is God. Amen. I didn't say the church. Amen. God is your first ministry, He is your pr- primary relationship. You said, Preacher, that, that sounds like we're neglecting our family. No, when he is the primary relationship in your life, you'll do much better with your family and toward your family. Amen. You know what I've seen <laughs> so many times? I've seen people forsake God over family. Amen.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir.
3: I know we've got a breakdown in the homes. And this push, you see, you know, you have this push, well, family first, family first. No, God first. God first. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my children. I love them more than I love you. Amen. Amen. I'd lay down my life for any one of them. But God has to be first. Listen, you young people, you're seeking for a for a mate. That's good. That's natural. That's what you ought to do. But before you have a relationship with anyone else, you better have a relationship with him. That's right. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. God will forsake. He forsook Shiloh because family came before him. I know it's not popular, but this is—it's the truth. Look at Psalm 78. Let's move on to another one. Some of you about to pass out out there. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Look at verse number 54, and what a great psalm. 78 is. If, you, if you're not familiar with Psalm 78, well do yourself a favor and just uh, read this Psalm sometime in the near future. Amen. Amen. But in Psalm 78, look at verse number 54. And he brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to, his, to this mountain, which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them, and divided them an in inheritance by line, And made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Yet they tempted and provoked the Most High. And kept not his testimonies. But turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow. For they provoked him to anger with their high places. And moved him to jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh, the tent which he placed among men and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. Not only did the Lord forsake Shiloh because family was above him, but second of all, the people had forsaken the tabernacle. They'd forsaken it. Remember back in in Deuteronomy chapter twelve, when we read our text, when he was talking about that place where he's going to set his name, before he talked about that place, he referenced all of the places that the heathen had used for worship. He talked about groves. He talked about high places. He talked about these places that the world had set aside for their worship. And the heathen nations that were there before, them, that's where they worshiped. And God told them about all those places I want them gone. They need to be removed from the landscape of Israel. Right. You know why? Because God doesn't share his worship, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He doesn't share his worship. And he's not someone that you just add to a list of gods. He is is the almighty God. He is the one true God. He is to be served and worshipped and him alone. And so he wanted those places gone. Well, listen, we're reading here in Psalm 78 the reason why God forsook Shiloh is the people had forsaken the tabernacle. They turned back to those groves they turn back to the, to, to the worldly amusement and the worldly worship. Amen. Amen. Listen, when, when we are willing to forsake the assembling of God's people for any other activity, we are setting our worship upon something or someone else. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. There are times when we are prohibited from gathering together. Sometimes, especially up here, the weather knocks us out. Or health. Or sometimes you have to work. You know what? One of the things that I've always encouraged uh, our young people, my children, the folks in our church, when I pastored, when you go to get a new job, you tell them, I'm not working on the Lord's name. Amen. Amen, Oh, brother. And if I did that, I wouldn't have a job. Do you have that little faith yep. in God?
0: Amen. Yes.
3: Amen. Listen, the God who created all things with the word of his power, he didn't even move a muscle. He just spoke yep. yes, sir. and created all things. The one who saved your soul, forgave you all your sins. Yep. He can't give you a job where you don't have to work on Sunday. Listen, you say, well, I, I just don't think it's a big deal. It was a big deal to God. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Right. You say, you're going to go here, you go there, you go to everywhere, everything else, but you can't make it to the, the house of God. Amen. Right. Amen. Come on. Amen.
0: right. right. Yeah.
3: I remember a few times, we were at church on Sunday. Somebody couldn't make it. I stopped at the gas station on the way home, and I saw him at the store. Come on, brother. Awkward. Yeah. Well, hi. You made a miraculous recovery.
2: Yeah. We're
3: going to have a healing service at your house. Amen. (laughs) Can't get it to work at the church. We'll go to your house. Amen. Just kidding. We don't have healing services. But they had forsaken. They were unfaithful. That's what it says here. Verse 57. They turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow. I want to mention something. I'm not trying to belabor things. Listen, there's one thing. We have gotten to the point as a society and instructed our churches we are not afraid to lie anymore. That's right, that's right. We're not afraid to be deceitful.
0: Come on brother. I'm
3: trying not to take too much liberty here but there's a whole lot of it up here. You know when, when we say let me give you two examples, okay? Give you two examples. Number one, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Amen. Boy, that slips out so easy, doesn't it? It's so easy to say, I'll be praying for you. Better make sure you're praying. Yeah, yes, sir. Sir. Yes, sir. Amen. We know I intend to. How much do you intend to? There's just something to fill the conversation. Come on. Come on, we're all getting uncomfortable now. Especially me, I'm up here preaching it. And then, and then there's this one that pertains to our point here. Well, I just wasn't feeling well. I couldn't make it today. We need to be careful be careful there are no such thing as little white lies right. Right. Yes, sir. you need to be careful yes. they were unfaithful they were deceitful deceitful they turned aside like a deceitful bow you know what that is that's a bow that's not true right. yeah. I'm not a bow hunter I'm not a hunter at all I do I have gotten some deer but usually it's with a vehicle but I was studying this deceitful bow and it looks like it's talking about a bow you look at it and think well that's, that's a nice bow I think I can shoot straight with that thing but then when you when you pull it back you let go of that arrow that bow just has a little warp in it and that little warp will send that arrow way off target You see the picture. A little deceit can get you way off the path.
0: Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen.
3: Kids, I'm going to help you here. Don't deceive your parents. Right. Uh, Amen. Amen. A little deceit gets you way off. And then a little more deceit. You're further off. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. I love yeah. you. Yeah. I care for you. I know what it's like to be a young person. And it's so easy. Oh, I didn't lie. No, but you deceived. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's why when you they, they they call them up to witness. They used to you used to have to put your hand on the Bible. Had to swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God. See, there's a, there's a difference between truth and honesty. You can say something that is true without it being honest. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's why they say tell the truth, and nothing but the truth, the whole truth. You say, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal to God. So it's a big deal. They're deceitful and they were unfaithful. And God said, I'm out of here. I've heard it said for years. I've heard it said for years. The most sensitive person in this room is the Holy Ghost. And yet, I think if we're honest with ourselves and honest with one another, his senses are trampled more than anyone else's. Amen. I, I remember saying many, many times over Bible believers, Brother West, you can back me up on this. I'd say this. I'd say, listen, I don't want to offend anybody. But if there's anybody offended in this building tonight, I want to make sure it's not the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'd rather offend you than offend him. Amen. I like your presence, but I have to have his presence. Yes, sir. They were unfaithful, they were deceitful. And then let me give you this last one here. Look at Jeremiah 7. I told you we'd go there. So I don't want to be deceitful. Amen. 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 Jeremiah 7. I know we're covering a lot of ground, we're covering a lot of stories, and I can't give you the background for all of these, but Jeremiah 7, we'll read some verses so you can get some understanding. Jeremiah 7, verse 1, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, stand in the gate of the Lord's house. Where was he? The Lord's house. And proclaim there this word, and say, hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if ye truly amend your ways and your doings, If ye truly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom ye know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered to do all these abominations? You know what, listen. You say, put this in modern vernacular. Here's modern vernacular. The modern church is guilty of all of these things. And then they go to church and they worship God. And they say, Oh, grace. And I'm just, I'm so terrible, but God still loves me. Listen, we know that's true about all of us. But we do not glory in our filth. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. We were not delivered so that we could do all of these offenses and trespasses, we were delivered from them. They were, they were going to the, going to church, worshiping God, saying, boy, boy, it's good to be delivered. Look at verse 11. Is this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. Now look at verse 12. But go ye now unto my place which was past tense in where Shiloh Shiloh, where I set my name at the first and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel listen the lesson we need to learn from Shiloh is that yes God is a God of grace mercy victory All of those things. But he is a God of his word. And you cannot play games. With almighty God. And expect him to just waltz back in here. And bless your doings. And bless your life. And you just. You have no plan to get right with God. You have no desire to have a heart for God. You are planning even now. To leave this place. And go back to your wickedness. And you still expect God to be okay with you. Notice what he tells them in Jeremiah 7. In verse number 4, 5, he uses this word, and I emphasize it when I read throughly, throughly. Your Bible might say thoroughly. I mean, the truly is what it should say. He's talking about amend your ways. When you amend something, you make it better. You fix it. <clears throat> this is what had been happening in, in Judah for a long time. They had gone against the commands of God. God had sent them a warning. And they patched it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm going to work on that. I'm, I'm going to fix that. And they amended slightly. Come on. I've been in church all my life. I've seen so many revival meetings. Revival meetings. And we get our cage rattled. Listen. And I know because I've been there. We, we, get, we, get, we get the fear of God put into us. And we need to. And we come down and we say, God, I, I'm sorry. I know you're right. And I was wrong. And I, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to make it right. But we never do. And God, because he's merciful, he withholds judgment. And he gives us another space to repent. But there comes a time, and there came this time right here in Jeremiah 7. He said, no more playing games. You get your heart right with me or I'm leaving. If you don't think I'm serious, look at Shiloh. Because that's exactly what happened there. If I would leave the place that I chose out of all the places in Israel, I chose that place. Shiloh was my place. And if I would leave that place don't you think for a moment that I won't leave this place? Amen. I don't want to see it. I think about our church every day every day I think about Bible believers Baptist Church and every day every day it breaks my heart the place where the presence of God Was manifested, and souls were saved, and lives were changed, families were helped, prayers were prayed, songs were sung, the truth was preached, and missionaries were supported. I went by the place last year. During this week here, when we were here last year for this meeting, I drove by the building. I pulled at the parking lot. Everything's grown up. Hours and hours, thousands of dollars poured into that place. Falling down from the inside. Thorns growing over the side of the building. Mold and mildew all in the walls. Look in the windows. Place that I poured my heart and my life into for seven years. the doors are closed there's not going to be anybody singing to the Lord in that place this Sunday there'll be no preaching done there there'll be no collections taken up to send the gospel all over the world none of that will take place you know what it's not because I'm not there It's not because they're not there or others aren't there. It's because God ain't there. You say, oh, preacher, it never happened here. I pray it never does. But that is totally up to you. There was family being elevated above God. There's forsaking of God's house. And then here, there was fake repentance. Oh, I'm going to get right with God. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going to. You know, that, that message tonight I really spoke about I'm going to change. I'm going to change. We're going to change our ways. Things are going to change in our home. Listen. Listen. You better see it through. You better see it through. It better last longer than just this week or next week or the week after that. You want the presence of God here? You cannot play games and have the presence of God. You just can't. Listen, there's a lot of churches. There are churches all over this community, all over this province, all over this world. They're playing church. They just show up, they play church. They pat each other on the back. They tell each other how good everybody else is. And they, it's a social club and da-da-da. Nothing wrong with social clubs, but it's not a church. That's right. right. But I believe there's people in this place today, you know there's so much more that God wants to do in your life and in this place. Listen, it's not going to happen if you don't get serious. say what do you know just because you've got these things in place it's going to take the presence of God there is no substitute no substitute remember Shiloh don't forget about Shiloh Heavenly Father, bless the invitation. May it be more than just ritual. God, help us to be desperate for you, for your presence. Your power. May we be honest with you tonight. Just be honest. You know our hearts already. But you want us to confess to you where we are. so that you can bless us and grace us with your presence with your power not in a hurry take all the time you need